and welcome to a an, an edition of the Ghost News Sports Podcast. Uh, Austin Huff, Evan Lee Pack here. Um, we are. This is for us the second episode we are taping this week, um, but only the first one that will be hopefully hitting the airwaves after uh, you know. Wednesday, Tuesday afternoon, we had some technical difficulties, mostly caused by me, to uh, <laughs> to, to not save the audio of the podcast. So, uh, and thank God it wasn't saved because I had some takes about basketball that didn't really hold up well uh, after Tuesday night's games. So I'm glad I'm glad that audio doesn't exist except between Evan and I, really. So, what was the take? The worst one that you can remember? I thought Goshen was going to beat West Noble. Oh, it's pretty bad take. And then West Oval won by 19 last night, so... Bad take. So, this is, uh, yeah. So, luckily, now we put that take back in the ether, so there you go. That's what you um, get for sleeping on the Chargers. Hey, don't sleep on West Oval, I guess, right? <laughs> That's the kiss of death from Austin, though. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, Ethan, if you're listening. Um, what he's sorry about, he's happy. He's you, happy. He's you very him, happy. You gave him the kiss of death, you know? I did. I gave you him more motivation. more so gave Goshen the kiss of death, right? It was right around this time last year where I said, don't sleep on Goshen, and then they lost to Penn in the sectional by, like, 30. So, you know, every time I start giving Goshen some sort of praise, it's like, yeah, no, we're going we're gonna to lose badly. I'm like, okay, thank you for that reminder. Um, yeah, so, obviously, uh, we, we're taping now on Wednesday afternoon, so we have the benefit of the Tuesday games that happened. And uh, we'll start, I guess we'll start there, West Oval 53, Goshen 34. Uh, Chargers never trailed. It was tied 8-8 eight to eight, three minutes into the game. It looked like we were going to have an offensive shootout on our hands. And then West Oval put the clamps down on defense. Austin Kripe kind of took over offensively. Had some big some big uh, points there in the first quarter. Kept it going in the first, second quarter. And then uh, uh, they, they were able to pull it out. They, they thoroughly dominated. They, it wasn't really much of a game um, after the first five minutes or so. So... Uh, Kripe finished with 18 points. Braden Barth had a really nice game, 14 points. And uh, the defense that West Double did on Drew Hogan was awesome. Aiden Zavala really shut him down. Uh, the whole backcourt in general for Goshen, you know, Hogan and Bechtel, they averaged 23 points a game, and they combined for two points. Uh, Hogan made two free throws with 141 left in the game, and that was the only points that him or Bechtel scored in the game. So when you have, you know, production from your backcourt that isn't there, uh, chances are you're going to lose, you know, by 20 like they did. And uh, kudos to West Oval. They're playing really well right now. So uh, They're peaking at the right time. That's what people are – that's what some people are saying. That's what everyone so, likes to say, especially college basketball. Yeah. You want to peak heading into March. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, they're finally looking like the team that I think a lot of us thought they would be at the beginning of the season. You know, they played Northwood really tough in that sectional final last year. And uh, Kripe coming back was a dynamic – score, you know, point guard for them, and you felt like, okay, like, this team could really make some noise, you know, maybe not win the NECC, because Central Noble, obviously, was coming back with Connor Siegen, but, you know, be in that contention, they they struggled a little bit at times, uh, but here they are, they've won four in a row, they got another good chance to get a win Friday against Garrett at home in the regular season finale, and then they go into that sectional, I mean, the draw didn't work out for them necessarily. They got to play three games, win three games if they want to win the sectional down there. Uh, they will play Tippy Valley in the first game, and then they would have to play Northwood in the semifinal if they beat Tippy Valley. So, you know, the bracket's tough, obviously, and Northwood's still a really good team despite their loss to South Bend Washington over the weekend. But 
hey, West Noble, you know, like you said, they're peaking at the right time. West so. Noble wants that uh, rematch. A lot of their games this year that they've lost have been close, kind of heartbreaking losses. Right. They either gave up the lead late or they fought to get back in the game because, mm-hmm. I mean, they played Central Noble really close in the NEC, NECC tournament. Both, both times they played them close. Yeah. So. And uh, they were down north to Northwood a lot, but then they fought back. That, that's the thing I was thinking about that when I was leaving the game last night. You look at their so their last six games, Northwood, Columbia City, then they've won these last four. Really, since the second half of the Northwood game, they've played really good basketball. They almost beat Columbia City. It was a close loss. But then they've won the four. They beat Westview, Hamilton, which, you know, counts technically, uh, Angola, and then Goshen. So, you know, whatever Coach Marsh said at halftime of that Northwood game when they were down, like, 25, like, something has clicked for this team since then. So, and they, they did dang near came back and beat. I mean, they, they, I don't know how close they were to Northwood ultimately in that game, but you were there and – they got within single digits, I believe, in the fourth quarter. It was so. six, six points. Yeah. So, but yeah, to fight back from 20-something down and get it to six is pretty impressive on the road against a team like Northwood. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the gap is a bit too big to fully come back from, but didn't give up. Gave them a fight. That's yeah. all you can ask for. So, they're playing well, and uh should be interesting to see how they do next week in that sectional. So, uh, two other teams that are playing well. You saw them last night. Northridge and Fairfield. Good game. Came down to the wire. Packed gym there. The Matter House and Middlebury, man. Uh, and, uh, and in the end, Northridge, a uh, two-point victory. <laughs> the Madhouse and Middlebury. Yep. Wow. It was a great crowd. I didn't create that. It's, it's been their thing for a while. Great game. I mean, we uh, kind of talked about it uh, yesterday on our the deleted, lost, the lost deleted, episode. <laughs> deleted podcast. I, uh, I thought... It was going to be a tight game with the way both teams came into the game playing. I mean, Northridge had won 8 of 9 and Fairfield 9 of 10. And it uh, kind of lived up to that billing uh, early on. Fairfield kind of took it to Northridge. It was 21-9 early in the second quarter. Uh, Northridge's press, Fairfield was handling it very well. But uh, as the game went on, uh, it, I guess it's hard mentally to, you know, get harassed all game and not make mistakes at times. And Northridge was starting to get some turnovers off their press. They were starting to take care of the ball better on offense. Blake Jacobs down low, scored 12 points in that second quarter. So, I mean, he had 23 for the game. Fairfield really didn't have an answer for him down low. He's a beast, man. When he's going, Northridge is kind of hard to stop. It's kind of like Alex Stauffer the last couple years before him. Like, when he was going, that impossible to stop with all the shooters. So... But, yeah, Blake Jacobs goes. All of a sudden, the shooters get more room to shoot, and uh, they become really hard to stop. So, Yep, and uh, it's a tight game in halftime. One-point Fairfield lead. It was 28-27. And then uh, third quarter and fourth quarter, it was kind of all the same, back and forth, back and forth. Great game. I was thinking, oh, here's another overtime game. It's really going to screw up my deadline, <laughs> you know. But uh, it was uh, 45-45. With a minute and a half left, Nolan Bales hit a three for Northridge. And then on Fairfield's next offensive possession, Owen Miller hits a three. He had 13 for the Falcons. He hit a three from the right corner to tie the game at 48 with less than a minute left. And then Mike Ostetler for Northridge just drove it down on the next offensive possession for the Raiders. Got fouled, hit both free throws, put them up to 50-48. And then Fairfield had some time. To, uh, they ended up with a couple offensive possessions. They 
they tried to uh, get the lead from Owen Miller. He he took another three from that same spot that he hit just before that. Mm-hmm. Didn't make it, but Helms, Braden Helms, got the offensive rebound. Fairfield calls timeout. Then they, I mean, for they call a timeout again. They get the ball in after the timeout, and then they call a timeout again. And then there's only three, four seconds left. And then Owen Miller, he's on his team sideline trying to throw it in. Blake Jacobs is all in front of him, harassing him, not giving him a lot of lanes to be able to find somebody. But he tries to throw it to Connor Miller kind of across the court a little bit. Right. And it gets tipped away, and that's that's the end of it right there. Connor Wright. What did I say? Miller. You said Miller. Are you serious? <laughs> you said Miller. You got to get the, these the Millers Miller out of your head, The Miller thing just gets in my head. Connor, you mean, you think you it's met because K- of Owen Miller, bro. It's, yeah, Owen Miller, Caleb Wright, Connor Wright, man. Because it's the Owen Miller part. Because he was on. such a big part of the game. But yeah, Connor Wright. Connor you try Wright. to find Connor Wright on the right side of the court. Killing me. It was kind K- of a, K- The point guard or the bigger kid? Caleb is the point guard. Yeah, it was Connor. Okay. Okay. Oh, I got that part right. It was in the video. <laughs> it was in the video. You can watch it for yourself uh, okay. that I posted. Okay. But yeah, I tried to try to get Connor across the way, and it got tipped off, and that was that was the end of it. And uh, after that, students from Northridge uh, came on the court, and it was a lot yeah. of celebration after that. I'm gonna start calling you Evan Miller now, just to. I mean, that's fine. That's what you. I deserve it. <laughs> it's fine. No, that was a good game. It looked like a fun game, and. Uh, yeah, it's kind of what we expected. You know, those two teams have been playing better. Um, you know, and I don't think Fairfield comes away discouraged by that performance. Maybe blowing the 12-point lead early, like, that's probably hurts a little bit. That's early in the game. There's a lot of game left. Yeah, but still, is. you're up 12, you're playing well, and then not win it, you know, not close that out. Um, good comeback win for Northridge, and, you know, Northridge has a game against DeKalb on Friday, so... They should. I think that I don't. I'm not a DeKalb expert, but Northbridge, I'm thinking, is going to be uh, should fa- should be able to win that one. Fairfield gets Central Noble to close the season, so that's going to be a fun game Friday night in Benton. And then, uh, yeah, Northbridge got that by in that sectional, so that'll be that'll be fun. We'll do a deeper dive of the sectionals next week. I don't feel like bringing up the brackets again. We did it all yesterday, and then we lost it. So maybe it's a sign we should just wait till the season ends before we talk about. The sectional brackets. If you want to see them, go to our website, goshenews.com slash sports. We'll talk about all the matchups and brackets, and then I guess we can preview Tuesday night's matchups. Yeah. Because it'll be hopefully Tuesday. We tape it on, hopefully we save the Tuesday episode. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be bad. Uh, other notable scores from the area, boys basketball last night. I thought Concord kept it close with John Glenn, only lost by six. Um, that was kind of a surprising-ish score. In the sense that uh, you know, Glenn's the number one team in 3A, and they are 21 and one now, and good for Concord to keep it close against them on the road too. So that's a, you know, not a win, but I'm sure a performance that they can build off of or whatever. And Concord gets Westview to end the season, so uh, a chance to maybe pick up a win there uh, at Westview. And uh, Glenn goes to Goshen on Friday night, so another you know kind of litmus gut gut check type. Uh, test for Goshen before going into the postseason. You know, luckily Goshen for that for them, they get a bye, but the way they looked on Tuesday against uh, West Oval, I mean, they're not going to beat either Concord or Elkhart if they play like that, so obviously they got to they gotta make sure they get right in time for uh, well, uh, for March. Not so much maybe Concord, but Elkhart, I mean, you, you really can't compare Elkhart to uh, West Noble, can you? Elkhart's a 4A school, man. It's, I don't know. I think Elkhart, so it's, a sec, it's a sectional. It's a sectional. It's their home gym. I don't know. If Elkhart beats Concord, I think it's a toss-up against Goshen. 
I mean, I think Goshen's still the favorite, but I mean, if Goshen plays with all the one by ten. Right, they should win. I thought Goshen should win last night too. So I mean, you never know. This is what this is what the tournament. You know, last year we went into that sectional at Northside, being like, "Oh, hey, Northridge are the best team on paper, and they got the buy." Like, and then they lose, you know, to Penn. So like, you never know. Like March is March is funny. I, I think we're going to get at least one upset in the area in, the, in one of these sectionals. I don't know which one, but like, I could easily see Fairfield beat Nissan in that sectional, mm-hmm. given the way that Fairfield played them twice, you know, played them well twice. I could see, you know, um, Northridge giving Penn all they could handle, or Warsaw, Warsaw beats Penn, you know. Uh, and West Oval could easily beat Northwood, I think. You know, so I there's a couple, you know, yeah, on paper it's Penn, Northwood, Central Noble, or Eastside, right, and then Fremont, but, like, I, Bethany could beat Fremont, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it feels like there's four relatively wide open sectionals next week. Fremont's we'll, pretty good, though. Beat Westview by 11 mm-hmm. last night. So, and Westview's, Westview's a little down this year. Uh, they've yeah, lost about six or seven in a row now. It's true. So, Westview usually still plays teams pretty tough. Yeah. So, Bef- okay. Before we pivot away from the boys' basketball uh, talk, quick shout outs to uh, Beck Willems. Bethany Christian getting the uh, all-time scoring record last week at the school. Congratulations. And he won our Athlete of the Week vote, so congratulations. Yeah. Jared Beck-Willems. Yeah. Woo! And uh, congratulations, Wawasee senior Keaton Dukes for getting to 1,000 career points last week as well. So, Did Wawasee have a game last night? They did not play. They played Monday against Elkhart Christian. That's right. And then they play Friday against Tippy Canoe Valley. So Tippy Canoe. It's fun to say. Tippy Canoe. Tippy Canoe. Yeah. We've got uh we've got like eight or nine local games on the schedule on Friday night. So last Friday of the regular season, this Friday, Goshen Glen, Concord, Westview, Elkhart, Northwood, uh Wawasee, Tippy Valley, Central Noble and Fairfield, Garrett, West Noble. Did I already say that? Yeah, probably. Um Lakeland goes to Busco. No Saturday night. No Saturday games, huh? No Saturday. Giving, giving everybody that extra Everyone day. Everyone takes those days off Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Love to see it. Yeah. All right. Let's chalk. Ooh. Let's chalk. Talk. How about that? Let's chalk up let's some chat. talk about. Chat and talk. Goshen uh, quickly, College. Goshen College women's basketball. Yeah, this is another one of my takes that I'm glad did not does not exist anymore. Um, they lost last night in the first round of the Crossroads League tournament, 68 to 45. I think I. Set the imaginary line at Indiana like Wesleyan, 12. minus 10.5. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Minus 10.5. Um, so, Iwoo covered. Um, never was a game. Looking at the box score, uh, Wildcats were up 32 after three quarters. So, pretty much academic. It was like every quarter it got progressively worse for Goshen, it looked like. And then the fourth quarter, like, who cares, you know? Mm-hmm. It's 32-point margin. So... Uh, hey, 13 and 17 record though overall for the uh, Maple Leafs this year. Six plus six wins from a season ago, and uh, they graduate like five or six seniors in that class. Two of them, pretty notable, like in terms of st- statistical impact and program history. Uh, Denise Chapman graduates second all time in rebounds, fifth all time in points, and Grayson Cockrum graduates uh, se- sixth in rebounds and seventh in career points. So gonna be a lot of production to replace next year obviously so they got some young talent too though they do they do so we'll see and 
you know, the men's basketball team at Goshen College ended their season on Saturday as well against Bethel, and they got a lot of young talent as well. Only one senior on the men's basketball team, so uh, they'll have a chance to, uh, you know, bring everyone back next year, and you know, maybe they'll be pesky, a little pesky in the in the uh, Crossroads League. They're gonna be gritty, bro. Gritty. Give me a gritty team. Gritty, pesky. You know, they're gonna grind out dubs. Lines, so. so yeah, uh, yeah. So. Tough way to end the season for the Maple Leafs women's, but, you know. That's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yes, sir. All right, now to get to the stuff from the weekend that we have already kind of talked about, but no one's heard about it because we, again, lost the episode. Uh, Fairfield girls basketball lost in the semi-state, uh, two-way semi-state game uh, against Frankton, 35-34. Evan, we were both there on Saturday, and, uh, you know, obviously a very – Heartbreaking, tough loss for the Falcons. They had the lead, and uh, Frankton's Bailey Webb, All-State Bailey Webb, makes a shot with uh, 17 seconds left in the game. Fairfield calls timeout. They try to draw up one last play. Couldn't really get anything going on it. Bailey Willard kind of forces a wild shot at the buzzer, and they they drop by one point, and, uh, you know, Feels like a moment at the end of the game there where they really could have used Brooke Sanchez. You know, just a point guard, the senior point guard who's been there knows she could bring the ball up. Maybe it lets Garber get around some screens or whatever, you know, to get her free for a shot instead of having to have Garber bring the ball up, you know. So, you know, I feel bad for the, uh, you know, Fairfield, and obviously because they lost, but Sanchez, we were thinking, I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, Fairfield has been uh, to semi-state in girls' sports and for four in four different like four different times since I've been here. Sanchez has been on a part of all of them and they've lost all four, like and two of them in excruciatingly heartbreaking ways. Like basketball on Saturday, I know she wasn't on the court, but on the team she was on the sideline. And and they lost excruciatingly painful way in the semi-state volleyball two years ago or 2020 this last season I guess the semi-state round where they were up two sets to nothing on Wapahani and then lost the last three sets to you know fall just like six points short short of going to state um excruciatingly like and then the other two semi-state losses they had softball this past year to Pioneer who was like a generationally great team like Mm -hmm. You know they have Division One players everywhere, and the first volleyball one was to Wapahani when Fairfield probably wasn't ready for that moment. They kind of overachieved by getting there, so it wasn't a shock when Wapahani beat them. But the second one was definitely like Fairfield had them, and it was painful. And so like Brooke Sanchez, like so close, so many times to going to state, and now she won't be able to play her senior year of softball because of her ACL injury. It just sucks. Part of the language, but it just sucks. So. It does, pardon the language. <laughs> wow, uh, you're a party mouth, bro. Yeah, yeah, bleep me out. Put a little explicit uh, E next to this episode because I cursed. So, But yeah, I mean, you were there, obviously. We were there on Saturday. and Defensive games, you know, what we kind of expected, I think, what Fairfield, I think, wanted to win this game and uh, just came up one point short, you know. We did say both teams were uh, very similar. Yes. And that's kind of how it came out. Our analysis with Rob Hunt, thank you, Rob, again for coming on, was uh, pretty on point. Yeah. It was Frankton took that uh, eight-point lead in the third quarter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, 
Yeah, because it was 13-9, Fairfield. They had some momentum early, and then they just kind of died out on offense for a bit. But credit them for coming back, fighting back, retaking that lead at one point. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Garber hit a layup with two minutes left, and they're up, you know, one, one point at that point. Yeah, they're up 34-33, and you're like, okay, like, like, man, they might win this game. Like, they're they're right there, you know? And just a tough, tough defensive turnover, or tough turnover, I should say, for them on offense. Five-second call. You know, kudos to Franklin for playing aggressive defense. Uh, Brody Garber, Coach Garber, probably should have called the timeout, but didn't, and, you know, cost them in that moment. But they almost got a steal in the ensuing possession. You know, uh, I think Dylan got her hands on the ball, Mm-hmm. If she catches it, you know, she got her hand. She just deflected it out of bounds. Maybe she catches it somehow or if it doesn't go out of bounds, right, like they get possession and you could, you know, there's a what if, a lot of what ifs. Maybe so. she makes a one-handed diving catch. I mean, the way it looked like she could have maybe, like, caught it, I couldn't tell. Like, so just from my angle, it looked like, you know, regardless, they tipped the ball out of bounds. Like, they were that close to getting a steal, you know. So, and maybe, you know, getting the ball and having them having Frankton foul so they shoot free throws, you know? So, but, you know, I mean, obviously you can't play that play that game at this point. So, you'd be endlessly trying to play the what ifs. So, well, what if this happened? What if this happened, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, tough loss, 24-4 and four on the season uh, is their final record for Fairfield. But, um, you know, all six players that played on Saturday are coming back next year. So, you got to hope, if you're Fairfield, that that experience – Pays off. Uh, you know. They'll be back, yeah. They'll be back. You think? Yeah, shot. I mean, barring any injuries or anything, I mean, you'd imagine they'll be right back where they were this year. You hope. That's the hope if you're a Fairfield fan. So, uh, so yeah, kudos to them on a great season. Uh, girls basketball, though, it's over. Sad. Rest in peace. For us. Wrestling season over for everybody is as well. Uh, we had... Two of our guys place upstate, Caden Lone, Northwood Jr. at 160, Lakeland Senior Ben Miller at 145. Congratulations to them. Seventh place finishes at state. Um, both men won their first round matches, then lost in the quarterfinals to their respective opponents, and then lost in the next round of the Constellation before winning their seventh place matches. So uh, Lone finishes 37 and 7, Miller with 47 and 6 record. Uh, he has the single season record for most wins in Lakeland history, so congratulations to him for that record. And, you know, Lone will, in there I'm a little tired, a little tired, <laughs> and need a coffee or something. And, uh, you know, you, you like to think that Lone coming back next year as a senior will be in position to make another run toward the state, uh, state meet. So Maybe, well, yeah, I mean – Obviously, that'd be an expectation, but now you know you got to aim higher, right? Right. Last year, go mm-hmm. all out. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, we had four other guys uh, lose in the first round: uh, Keegan Schlebach from Lakeland at 126, Jasper Graber at Northridge at 132, Trey Tobias from Northwood at 182, and Armin Kultukian from Concord at 195. All lost their first round matchups this past Friday. So they all had good seasons. I mean, going to state's not an easy, uh, not an easy accomplishment. So congratulations to them on getting this far. And uh, you know, Koltuki will be back next year along with Schleybach. So you know, maybe they're a 
have a chance to make another run, you know, to the state meet. So yes, we'll sir. see. We had swimming too. We did have swimming. We still have that's one sport we still have going. Yep. Boys There's swimming. Two winter sports left. Boys basketball and boys swimming. Girls basketball is still playing their state championship games this week, but obviously our teams are out. our teams are out of them. So, uh, yeah, Concord won the sectional championship, third straight year, and they are they have nine events represented out of twelve at the state meet this weekend. Uh, none of them are seated like in the top eight, so the chance to score like a lot of points not as uh, great great as compared to the girls team uh, did two weekends ago but I talked to uh, coach Tom Johnson on the phone yesterday for our state preview story that'll be coming out in the Thursday print edition of the Goshen News and I kind of asked him you know this this boys team this year for him is very similar to the girls team of last year where they had a lot of kids go to state but they weren't really like top eight seeds and things like that, but they were able to get down there and get that experience, and then pretty much all of them are coming back. You know, is that how you view it this year and with your boys' team? And he's like, you, you're right, you hit it right on the head, basically, is what he said. So I, I bet you felt really good. My analysis that. was on point. Uh, he's like, yeah, the boys' team is just a year behind the girls' team here in that regard. So, you know, this is obviously a great experience for them going down to state, and they got some guys with state experience, but – you know, their top two guys, Cole Stevenson and Tommy Brunner, freshman and junior respectively, you know, they'll get this experience going down there. Uh, the, the relay guys will as well. So they'll they'll have a chance to really, you know, maybe they'll make some noise next year. It's hard. You know, Carmel in boys swimming isn't as dominant as they are in girls swimming, but they've won like seven in a row now. Mm. So, but they're usually close. They're much, usually it's a little closer than the girls, but you know, Carmel has slowly started becoming like the power that they are in swimming. They're just really a swimming powerhouse on in all facets, huh? Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so you know, Concord will get some great experience going down there, and maybe they'll use it, you know, for next year to maybe go top five, you know, top ten at state, like the girls were fourth this year. So right. uh, it'll be interesting to see. So. Um, and then we have other uh, kids from all of our schools actually competing. Had down like there. five team, five five swimmers from five of our area teams win at sectionals, win events. Does that we sound right? We had four of our schools win. So close. Concord, Wallowsee, Northwood, and, and Goshen. Goshen. Northridge did not get any victories, but they did qualify two events for state. Uh, Tristan Bratt in the 200 IM and their 400 free relay team will be going down. Uh, Wallace C will be in two events. Nathan Harper, he won the 100 backstroke at uh, the sectional, so he automatically qualified for that event. And then the 400 free relay also got down on because of their time. And then Goshen has two as well. Nick Zare won the 100 butterfly. Butter. Butter. <laughs> butterfly. And he qualified automatically. And then their 200 free relay also won at sectional, so they qualified automatically and then last but not least Joe Hahn Northwood in the 53 he won the sectional as well so uh, yeah so none of them are seated top eight uh, so it, and a lot of them are seated below the top the 16 mark so they're gonna have to pretty much swim the you know races of their lives on Friday night at prelims to get to the final mm-hmm. you know 
whether it be the consolation finals or the championship finals on Saturday. So we'll see. We shall see. We shall see how they do. And uh, again, a little preview story coming out for you uh, later Wednesday night and online or in the uh, excuse me in the Thursday print edition of the Gosha News. There you go. Got it out. I got it. Okay. Uh, quickly, Northwood or Northwood? <laughs> we just talked about Northwood. Notre Dame. Here come the Irish. Notre Dame. They're playing Syracuse tonight. You'll be there. Goshenews.com slash sports coverage. Could it be a, you know, trap, trap game? game? Trap game? It's the best team they play the rest of the season. I mean, Florida State's been so bad recently with injury issues. Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh are both well under 500. Not good teams. So this is, as far as the regular season goes, this game's the most difficult one left for sure. Yeah. So watch like out. By default. Mm-hmm. So the two three zone. Syracuse is one six of seven. So they're not good. They're not good away from home. No. Three and six. Yeah. <laughs> they're not the carrier dome. They don't perform as well. But that's most college basketball teams. Unless right. you're like in the top twenty. And even mm-hmm. then. They still slip up on the road sometimes. So Right. Right. But uh, they're still in a good position for the NCAA tournament. They've done enough at this point. As long as they win, you know, three of the last four, preferably all four, they'll be safe no mm-hmm. matter what they do in the ACC tournament. If mm-hmm. they slip up once or twice, they'll have to get some stuff done in the ACC tournament probably to feel safe. But doing some research yesterday, three – Three of the bracketology experts, you know, one from ESPN, CBS, USA Today, uh, they all have them. Two of them have them as nine seeds, and one has them as a ten seed. So, as at this point, they're uh, they're looking almost almost as a lock for the NCAA tournament. So. Yep, and like you said, if they just take care of business these next two weeks, it's going to be pretty hard to lose a spot, even if they lose in their first game in the ACC tournament, because. They'll have the double bye, so they'll be in the quarterfinals automatically. And generally, when you're at the quarterfinal of your conference tournament, you are playing someone decent, mm-hmm. you know. It's not like they could be, you know, the five seed and lose to the 14 seed, you know, to whatever. And then, like, whoa, what happened here? But mm-hmm. so they're 19-8. and eight. If they win out, they're 23-8. and eight. And, you know, at that point, if they lose in the ACC tournament even, 23-9, and nine, or they go one and one, you know, let's say they beat – Virginia or whatever, and then they lose to North Carolina or Duke or whatever, Wake Forest again, like, still, 24-10, and 10, like, that's that's going to get you in. You know, I know the ACC is down, but 24-10 and 10 in the ACC, they have an, a big non-conference win over Kentucky, you know, um, they don't like, they have a couple, like, eh, losses, right, Boston College early, but they avenged that. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas A&M is becoming an eh loss at this point. But they're seventeen and eleven. They're but they're still right. decent. Like Texas A&M isn't terrible. Like mm-hmm. Boston College is kind of bad. Yeah. And the fact that Notre Dame almost lost to them again last week was not great. But also they beat them. So that the, you know mm-hmm. they avenged their loss there. So you know there are other losses, right? Like Duke, Indiana, which Indiana's not looking like a great loss right now. It was a great loss in December uh, when Indiana was playing well. That's just an average loss because they're sixteen and ten now. Yeah. Good old Indiana. So. I think I think Notre Dame's going to be in. So it's just a matter of who they get in the first round. Would you rather almost be a ten seed to avoid a potential one seed in the second round if you win? You know, or 
you know, it's it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe they play their way up to a seventh seed, you know? So They'll have to almost, like, get to the ACC championship probably. Right. To do that. You know, they'd have to win two games in the tournament, for sure, ACC tournament to get there. But it's on the table. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility with how weak the ACC has been this year. So mm-hmm. everyone but Duke feels beatable, and even Duke's been beatable at times. So, like, anyone in an ACC tournament matchup for Notre Dame, you're not going to be like, oh, they have no chance, you know? Right. North Carolina, Wake Forest, you know, they played Wake close this past weekend, didn't win, but they played them the whole way. They beat North Carolina, like, so they're going to be in pretty much every game in the ACC tournament, I think. So, so it'll be fun to see where they end up, uh, you know, going there. So, should be fun. Should be fun. Best time of the year. Yep. Unless your team's on the bubble, and then you're sad. My team's nowhere near the bubble, so it makes you feel any better. My team um, lost to Arkansas last night. That's fine. You beat Auburn. That's all that matters. Uh, so quickly here before we get out, just wanted to give a shout-out to our a local area referee, Jimmy Arnett. He is uh, being honored this weekend at the Girls Basketball State Championships as the uh, kind of like the Girls Basketball Referee of the year, basically, in the state. Um, he has been doing it for 30 years, worked a couple of state finals, numerous regional, sectional, semi-states, um, been in this area for a long time, you know, 30 years working it, and he's he's a really nice guy. I've been able to meet him sometimes at games. Uh, we follow each other on Twitter. He's always good good to reply for something. You big know. time. Yeah, I know, big time. Uh, so, yeah, it's really cool that he's getting honored by the state. You know, we've had a couple of these last um, last couple of years. You know, both um, Ann and Roger Griffith, uh, they were honored by the state last year for their uh, refereeing expertise. They both live over there in Middlebury. Uh, Ann for softball, Roger for uh, wrestling. And I think Roger was softball for softball in 2020 too, but then obviously 2020 didn't happen really. The season didn't at least. Um, so kudos to them. For you know them being recognized and Jimmy Arnett as well, so it's nice to know we have some of the best officials you know in the state working our games. So it's kind of cool. Most deaf. So yeah. Anything else, Evan? Before we get out of here on this uh, edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Hmm. I feel like we've covered everything. Again. Again. Except for the, you know. The back, the brackets. The brackets. Which we will save. For so, next week. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, if that's all you've uh, all you've got, that's all I've got. So, we'll be back next week, breaking down boys basketball sectional week. Um, and, uh, you know, recapping boys state swim and Notre Dame and all that other stuff that goes. We'll probably have a special guest. I'm hoping we get a guest. We'll, we'll To be determined. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see. And uh, yeah, it should be a fun should be a fun episode of the Ghost News podcast next week. Thank you again, thank you again everybody for listening this week, and we will uh, we will see you all next week. <laughs>